We've all heard stories about those that have made an impact in our lives. We remember those that have left us a legacy to follow or remember. This morning, we're going to be looking at an ordinary woman who was used by God to teach us some important truths of motherhood. Today, we'll be looking at a mother that never wanted the spotlight, but some have elevated her to the status of divinity. Today, we'll be looking at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the qualities that she exhibited as not only the mother of Christ, but also his disciple. We're going to be looking at seven qualities specifically of motherhood. Number one, surrendered. We'll be looking at Luke 1, 26 through 38. Number two, rejoicing, Luke 1, 46 through 55. Number three, reflective, multiple Luke passages in chapter two. Number four, concerned, Luke 2, 41 through 48. Number five, supportive, John 2, 1 through 5. Number six, heartbroken, John 19, 25 through 27. And number seven, prayerful, Acts 1, 9 through 14. Let's start with number one, surrendered. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 26 through 38. We'll just be commenting on the verses. Uh, we're not doing a full bore exposition on all of these texts. Uh, number, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Here's what it says. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What we see here is Mary receives an incredible message of motherhood from the angel Gabriel, that she is favored and is to be the mother of Jesus. Though she's overwhelmed and confused probably by how that's possible, right? She's a virgin at this time that this message is delivered. How, how is this supposed to work out? I don't even have a man that I'm married to. She surrenders to God's call on her life telling the angel that she is the Lord's servant and may everything be as he has said. Though Mary's situation is unique, it is a point of connection for all mothers 
in the calling that God has placed on their lives. The question is whether or not we are surrendered to the call of God on our lives, whatever that may be. You're probably thinking, well, Mary's situation is unique. Yours is as well. God has called you mothers to a certain calling in this life. The favor was being a mother of Messiah for Mary. There is a blessing for being a mother. There are mothers who value and cherish the gift of motherhood and are constantly attacked by a culture that tells them they need more as an identity. Motherhood is not enough. May I declare to you that motherhood is a calling from God. And it is important. And it's not to be demeaned or diminished. And if you're a mother and people berate that, realize that God sees it differently. It is a great calling that God has placed on your life. Being a mother is a tremendous gift. And a surrender to God's call of motherhood is an important first step. Just as Mary here says, may it be according to your word, I am the Lord's servant. Mothers, God has called you to this. Are you surrendered to this? That's the first important step. In fact, C.S. Lewis makes this statement. He says, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Don't let the world tell you that being a mother doesn't matter. Don't let the world tell you that everything else is more important than that status. That is a special gift from God. And you are to value and cherish it. Mary was not just surrendered with a bitter spirit, but was rejoicing. Number two, rejoicing. Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowliest state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. You see, Mary visits her relative Elizabeth, who is older, much older in fact. She was past the age of childbearing, who was also blessed by God in having a child named John, who was to proclaim the coming of Messiah. When Elizabeth was excited with her about the great news of the birth of Christ, it's in her faith that Mary responds with joy. Essentially what Mary does here is sing a song of praise for what God has done. It's so telling what preceded this excitement. And I think it's very practical. Who you're around will determine how you worship. When you're around someone that shares the same excitement over the things of God, you tend to get more excited as well. When you're around people that find God to be harsh, 
someone that doesn't care, someone that doesn't love as he should, then you tend to think of him that same way. You see, Elizabeth rejoiced with Mary over what God had done. And Mary now breaks out in a song. Elizabeth was not complaining about having this child being an older woman, as some might today. She was rejoicing over what God had done. Mary was not bitter that this wouldn't look right in front of her peers, that she's now with child and yet a virgin. Because she trusted and believed that God knew what he was doing. Even though it might have been very embarrassing right away. Mothers, you should enjoy motherhood. And you should find others that enjoy it with you as well. It's a bond that you can form with other mothers, just as Mary did here with Elizabeth. You should be excited for others that have children. Imagine the kind of connections that would be built if mothers were excited for others and their babies as well. Instead of being bitter over things that have been done in our lives and happened in our lives, but we are excited and thrilled for someone else. This is not to diminish what's happened to many throughout history. Circumstances that are out of our control sometimes, where it hurts, where our mother wants to have more children, she's not able to. That should still not diminish the joy that she shares with someone else that God has given that opportunity to. On a side note, I find this encouraging to see Mary singing. There's something about a mother singing about Jesus to their children. One of the things I think men do sometimes is knock singing in the home. This is a powerful tool that God has used for thousands of years. Mothers and fathers, your children should hear you sing of Christ before them in your home. Not just on Sunday mornings with everyone else. They, if they hear you and I sing to everything else but of Jesus, then we've sent them the wrong message. Your home should be a place of worship. Mary worshipped. Mary sang this song in worship over the news that she had received and she participated in with Elizabeth. Mary was not only rejoicing, she also pondered many things as well. Number three, she was reflective. Luke 2, 17 through 19 says this. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary's reflective. Look at Luke 2, just a, a few verses down. 2, 34 through 35. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And skipping down to verse 49 and 51, after an encounter with what really scared Mary, losing track of Jesus, and he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? 
but that they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. You see, Mary took what was said by the shepherds and how the angel had delivered the news to them and thought about it. It was very reflective. What Simeon said about the opposition that would happen to Jesus, that would actually directly affect her as well. What Jesus also told her in fulfilling the Father's will, even when it seemed contrary to what she would have expected as a mother, in Jesus being left in Jerusalem, which we'll discuss here in a moment. You see, mothers do a lot of reflecting in their lives, don't they? Any mother that you and I have met has done reflecting in their lives. They've considered things in the past. They've considered things in the present. And they are already many times thinking about the future, where this all ends. A mother remembers the fine details, such as the weight of a child at birth. Don't ask a man to do that. She remembers things that happened when a child was small and reflects on them as they grow. In fact, I find myself many times being reminded of my, from my wife of something that happened to one of our children that I'm just like, I don't remember those details. Oh yeah, this happened just like this. Mothers reminisce, they remember, they ponder. Reflection or pondering is an important part of a mother's life. That many dismiss it as simply thinking too much. It's part of who she is, men. Fathers, it's who a mother is. Pondering is good for the soul as long as it comes from a heart that wants to please God. Remembering is something we all do when it comes to even the Lord's Supper, don't we? We reflect, we think about it. What is it that Jesus has done on our behalf? It's a time of reflection and consideration once again of what's been accomplished. But you see, Mary was not only reflective in looking back, she was also concerned in the present. Number four, concern, Luke 2, 41 through 48. Here's what it says. His parents, this would be Jesus, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. But when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. If there's any story in all of Scripture that really connects to a mother's care and concern, it's this one. Mary, the mother of Jesus, loses track of Jesus. 
This is very much the ultimate mom concern story. Jesus is 12 years old. They go back to Jerusalem for Passover as they always do. And Joseph and Mary are heading back to Nazareth, assuming that Jesus is with family and friends. But that's not the case. Mom and dad assume he's traveling with other family members. After all, he is 12 years old. He's not a small little tyke anymore. Mom and dad start getting very concerned, not knowing where he went, and start searching back in Jerusalem. Find him after three days discussing theology with religious leaders. What a scene. Where is he? Where is he? There he is. Talking to the religious leaders. Mary, as any mom, tells Jesus, don't you know what you've put us through? If Mary can be an example to you mothers, she knows. Think of how much more awesome the responsibility of Messiah under your care. Jesus was doing what he had been called to. But Mary, as any mother would, was very concerned for his safety. Mothers, you're very concerned for your children. You're very concerned for many different things. And that's why you warn them. And you have warned them. And you continue to warn them. Doesn't matter how old they are. Sometimes those concerns are valid. Right? Look both ways before crossing a street. That's a valid concern. You don't want to be like, hey, run along. Go for it. Right? That's a valid concern. You want to be safe. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Valid concern. Don't hit your brother. He's smaller than you are, right? Like a valid concern. But sometimes the concerns are over things that don't matter as much, aren't they? My kids need the latest fill in the blank. They don't. It doesn't matter what the world's telling you. They don't always need the latest thing. My children always need me to be there for them. Moms, I know this is a tough one to think through. But you will not always be available for them. And you can't always be available for them. That's just the way it works. And I know it's hard sometimes for you all. It really is. Because a mom wants to be there through thick and thin with their children. Maybe they're now a little older and can take better care of themselves. Hopefully you've done a good job teaching them. Another thing that probably is a concern that moms have that's probably a little more than needed is a concern over a distinguished career like my friend's kids do. This is a big one in America. Everybody cares about status, what their kids are with whatever fill in the accolades. That doesn't matter anywhere near as much as being a follower of Jesus does. And it's unfortunate that so many Christians have bought into that lie. If my kids can just attain this, they're good. There's more to be concerned about than just them having enough in their paycheck. Mothers, one of the greatest things to be concerned about is your children's relationship with God. 
And that concern begins in making a relationship with God your priority first. You see, one of, the, one of the troubling things that you see in culture is a lot of people are concerned for others what they themselves don't want to participate or connect with. Mothers, if you want to be concerned in your children and their relationship with God, make their relationship with God a priority in your own life. That goes for fathers too. Don't be the mother that tells their children that God is important to you, but everything in your life shows the opposite. It needs to show in what you prioritize. If your children's walk with God breaks your heart, go to him out of concern. Be sure to be the example they can follow. And here's a big one, and I, and I want to be careful how I say this. Don't just leave it to the father to take care of as the husband and the father of the kids. Do what God's called you as well. Sometimes men don't lead, ladies. That doesn't diminish your responsibility as well. Don't worry, we'll be talking about men in a few weeks. It's always easy to blame others for what God wants from you. Be concerned over the right things. Does my child have a walk with God? That's the first important thing in your child's life. Do they have a walk with God? Do they have good friends? Those are good things to be concerned about. Are they developing in what matters to God? Do they have God's view of money, relationships, etc.? At the end, you must always remember that you can and should be concerned about some things, but you cannot control the end result, just as Mary couldn't either. Number five, another quality is supportive. John 2, 1 through 5. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. You see, Jesus is invited to a wedding with his mom, and the feast ran out of wine. It's a problem in feasts, you run out of that. Mary brings this up to him, but knows that Jesus is ultimately in charge of what happens. She tells the servants to do whatever Jesus says to do. And ultimately, we read later on in the chapter that Jesus turns the water into wine. And not just any wine, the best wine. Only the best, right? Obviously, it makes sense for Mary to support Jesus as he is God, right? It's, it's, like, it's hard for us to rationalize this sometimes. We're like, well, that's Jesus. He's God, of course. We're going to support him. But it's a lesson for all of us in the importance of supporting our children. Supporting our children is an important role that we play in building a home. It can be difficult at times because there will be decisions we cannot support, right? 
Unlike Jesus, he does all things well. He's perfect. Our children are that, not always that. We can still support our children without supporting the poor choices that they have made. Just as the prodigal son had a supportive father who was waiting for him when he came home. This is an important lesson for us, parents. When your children come to you in repentance over something that they've done, forgive them and support them. Even if it takes time to restore that relationship. One of the worst things we can do as parents is to reject our children over the sinful choices they've made. We can support them in prayer if they are far away from God. We can support them in their gifts that God has given them. If God has gifted them with certain gifts, you can support your children that even if they do not walk closely with him. If your child is gifted with a certain skill set, you should thank God for that and support them in that. Providing it does not go against scripture. We can support them in their gifts that God has given them and support them by offering advice when asked. When our children are adults, it's a different relationship than when they were children. When they've grown up, that relationship changes in some ways. I know some of us, we want to tell our children exactly what we told them 20 years ago, whenever we want. But this is where we have to adjust. When our children are younger, they depend on us a lot more, don't they? Support looks different when a child is two and when they're 22. Because just as in Mary's case, sometimes what happens to our children can leave us heartbroken and hurt. Number six, heartbroken. John 19, 25 through 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. This is Jesus hanging on a cross. And his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Reflecting on what was promised and seeing how it all played out didn't stop the pain that Mary experiences when she sees her son hanging on a cross. Oh, she trusted the promises. It doesn't take away the pain of a mother seeing her child on a cross. There's real hurt there. There's real pain. Heartbreak. Her son dying an innocent man. Jesus, making sure to take care of his mother, gave John, his best friend, the responsibility to take care of her. There's real hurt and heartbreak that occurs in a mother who loses her son or daughter. This is an area I don't think many of us pause enough to realize that Mary knows what it feels like 
Mary saw what her son experienced firsthand. No one will ever understand the pain a mother experiences of having lost a child, no matter the age. This pierced Mary's soul to see her son in agony on a cross. Condemned as a sinner, but innocent. Mary saw Jesus die before her own eyes. Mothers, no one will know the pain you feel over a child that's been lost. Some of you have children who are still alive, but to you they are lost because they're far from God. Don't let the hurt overtake you and cause you to be bitter. Be encouraged by others that are there to help, just as John was there to encourage her. Be willing to accept help from others. If you're a mother, you are not alone in this struggle. Can I tell you, mothers, there are other mothers that have experienced those very things that you are heartbroken over. Be careful that you do not let sorrow overtake you and cause you to become bitter over what has happened in the past. The present is still connected to the past, no matter how much we try to avoid this truth. A lot of the things that are going on in your life today are a result of things that you have not taken care of in the past. And the degree of joy you have today, or bitterness, is directly correlated to those things. Which is why we have hope, just as Mary did in the last one that we're going to look at, number seven, prayerful in prayer. Number seven, prayerful. In Acts chapter one, verses nine through 14, this is Jesus in his ascension. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sights. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room when they were, where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And with his brothers. I have read this text countless times. And it finally struck me for the first time. The incredible encounter that Mary has with the Holy Spirit. 
after the ascension of her son, Jesus Christ. Jesus rose again the third day and was seen by many. But what's missed many times is what happened after he ascended once again to the Father. The disciples all gathered together in prayer as Jesus commissioned them to make disciples. And in the group of disciples was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Church, mothers, I want you to understand that Mary, the mother of Jesus, became a disciple of Jesus. She was not just his mother, she was a follower, a disciple of his. Mary was praying with the rest of the disciples to be used of God to be a witness to the ends of the earth. Here's the challenge, not only for mothers, for all of us, is this our prayer. When we pray, do we pray that God uses us as an instrument of his? To use us as instruments of the gospel. To be a witness of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Jesus, Jesus had ascended, but his mission had just begun for these disciples. How many of our prayers are about the mission? The great commission. How many times do you and I pray that God would use us to reach other people with the gospel, including our own children? Just as to Mary, it was important to pray for God to use her life in being a witness so it should be for us. Oh, we're blown away by a lot of different things that we see in Scripture, but are we blown away by the fact that Mary, the mother of Jesus, who experienced all these things we discussed, became a follower of Jesus, a witness to the ends of the earth? Mary was not praying to be worshipped or praised. She was praying for the Holy Spirit to fill her and use her in this gospel ministry. Believer, is that what we are praying for? This should be our prayer as well. God, use me as your instrument and tool in the lives of my children, in the lives of those around me. So in closing, I want to finish with this question. Are you applying your calling? Are you applying your calling? You see, God has called all of us to different things. Some of us have been called to be mothers. Some of us have been called to be fathers. Some of us have been called to certain things that only God wanted us to do. Are you surrendered to what God has for you in this life? In whatever way he should choose. Mothers, it's not going to be easy. If you're called to motherhood, it's not an easy thing. But are you surrendered to what God has called you to? Are you rejoicing in God as Mary did? Or are you bitter towards him? Because things haven't turned out the way you would have liked. Are you reflected over, reflective over what you've learned over the years? Do you take time and just ponder, step back and, and think through things? 
as I was preparing this sermon, I thought of my own mom. Couldn't help as I'm preparing. And one of the things that I look back at, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, I, I truly didn't appreciate it until I became a grown adult with my own kids. I never appreciated my mom's prayers as much as I do now. Has your reflection brought you closer to God or have you forgotten him? You see, when you reflect, sometimes you start thinking only about yourself. Look at me, look at how much I've failed, there's no hope for me, look, I'm doomed. Or when do you reflect, do you go back to him and go, Lord, I need you? We all know that song, right? Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Is that how you reflect? Or do you reflect in self-pity, misery, I'm too broken, I can't take it anymore. There's hope for all of us. Those of us that have failed in different areas, those of us that have succeeded in different areas, there is hope for all of us. Are you concerned for others in your life? Mothers, you're concerned for your children. That's the way God has created you. It's a good thing. But are you concerned over the right things? Is the concern valid or not? Are you supportive of those around you? It doesn't mean you'll always agree, but can they count on you to be there for them? Parents, your children will not always agree with you on everything as they become adults. But do they know that you have their back? That you support them? That you love them? Are you heartbroken over something that is going on in your life or something that has happened in the past? Cry out to Jesus. He's near to the brokenhearted. He knows. Jesus cared enough for his mother as he was dying on the cross. Others may not understand, he does. Jesus himself was rejected by his best friends in his hour of trial. I don't know how anyone can ever make it in this world without Christ, I'll be honest with you. There's too much going on in this world that you really can't deal with apart from him. And I want to ask, in closing, are you living a prayerful life? Does it matter to you to take it to the Lord in prayer, as the song says? You have a lot going on. Do you pray about those things? Do you pray for the opportunity to be the witness that God can use? Don't give up, mothers, praying for your children that are far from God. Praying for your children that are not walking as closely as they should right now. Pray for God to use you as the instrument, should he so choose. Spurgeon said, Never could it be possible for any man to estimate what he owes to a godly mother.
close and close. Father, I thank you so much.